Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have a have some bad news, Al. You're next. Yeah. Uh, oh no. Yeah, you're. Yeah, and 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 this audience. Oh. Uh, next as well. Why? They are next. Oh, geez. enjoy another another installment of Fandom Fest. Oh, yeah. yeah. A, a horror fest from the Fandom correspondents. Uh, yeah, that's what they're next for. And, you know, I, I, I thought that was the best way to, to do this since, uh, you know, your next is uh, is the movie we are doing and they are next if they're listening to this to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying a new gimmick, man. I don't know. I like, it. Not. I like okay. it. No, no. I, like it I, I mean, this entire movie's built off of the gimmick of of someone being next, uh, you know, and uh, and who, who actually is next and. Uh, you know, and uh, every everybody except for one person ends up being next in this movie. Spoiler alert! Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So, but before we get into that, Al, how are you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm doing just fine. I am, I am gradually kind of settling in to um, the the central rotundity of October, if you oh, will. Oh, yes. You know, the thickness of the center of the month. Um, right. And it's going good, man. I've watched some good stuff uh, on this year so far, um, for both for Horror Fest and just um, and just to watch. So, um, so it's been a good year so far, man. How about you? I'm doing well. the The wise sage is uh, is uh, living the sage life, so to speak. Uh, trying to trying to juggle a bunch of things, which I think is what sages are supposed to do. Uh, I, I, have, I have no clue what stages are supposed that's, to do. My, my, my entire life is a, my entire <laughs> life is a lie, Al. Uh, but 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 what is not a lie is Horror Fest, hosted by your. Uh, I think we've uh, termed ourselves the Spooky Boys. Uh, I'm Josh. Uh, you guys already know Al, uh, Red Lanyard, uh, and every year uh, so far for the past uh, this is our third year doing this. We are focusing on horror movies uh, that we like that we think deserve uh, closer analysis. Uh, this one, I think, is one of them. Uh, this was was one of my suggestions, uh, and I can't wait to jump into it. But before we jump into this, I, I do have a couple things I want to plug uh, coming up for uh, uh, Phantom Talk on the Phantom Correspondence channel. Uh, definitely look for us on Spotify or uh, Apple Music or you know where, wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, we should be hitting all of the all the major fronts at this point. Um, so definitely look us up. Uh, and look at all of our past uh, fantastic content. Uh, and we have some new content coming out uh, as well. Um, let's see, we've got uh, Alan, uh, excuse me, Jake and Alyssa uh, are getting ready to do something on the Sandman series, which mm-hmm. they were holding mm-hmm. off to October because, you know, Sandman is kind of a, it, it, it's kind of in that spooky goth, you know, kind of, sure. kind of feel, you know. Yeah, yeah, so October, October works for that, you know. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, definitely, uh, definitely look for that. That's coming up soon. Uh, we we're doing our Phantom Lounge pretty soon. Uh, those are nice little fun, little laid back, put some jazz music on, listen to people rant about stuff, uh, you know, for about 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, those are always fun. And of course, uh, we've got Star Wars, uh, EU or, or excuse me, EU or you, uh, that, that, that is that name. I tell you that that name doesn't really roll off the tongue, but, but it's catchy, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's with, uh, you and Jake and, uh, this, this month, I guess, since this is my birthday month, uh, you guys are having me on to discuss something that's near and dear to my heart. I won't say what it is. Um, I won't give it away. Um, but I will say 
Jake was Jake was getting on me because I, I I caught him you know trying to catch up uh, trying to uh, get together and uh, get get his stuff together and he's like I've noticed you haven't even cracked your book and I had to look at him back like, this what we we're getting ready to do is a part of me this is part of who I am as a person okay I know this stuff like the back of my hand man so uh, so I, I'm really looking forward to discussing that with you guys and uh, and and coming back on to the uh, to the Star Wars uh, the Star Wars portion of the podcast. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, we should be getting a Brothers of Issues out pretty soon as well. Um, Jake and I have been uh, trading back, back and forth, uh, like some, some uh, shall we say, some more uh, sinusy moments. So uh, we've been, mm-hmm. you know, there have been moments where we've been both been down. We uh, we know we're we're behind. This might have been. I, I'm beginning to think we should have taken like a like a slow one to start with instead of. You know, Judgment Day's got like forty books, Al. Like it's got, <laughs> oh, it's got a lot of books. Like it's got, I know. It's got so many books. I don't, and people traded one of your books, right? It did. I don't even read a lot of like Marvel stuff on like an ongoing basis right now. Um, I get like three Marvel books right now. Two of them are the Alien and the Predator books. Um, and then I get, and then I get the Spider-Man stuff and I got invaded. It took over, it took over my month. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, hello. Sam. Hey, it's judgment uh-huh. day. Have you been reading this too bad? Here I am. Oh, you know? cool. Well, <laughs> well, you know, there was a story being told here, but I guess we'll put that on hold real quick. We're going to, we're going to put that to the side so that the world's worst God can show up and judge Spider-Man. That'll be fun. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> but yeah, we're, we're, we're behind on that, but we're going to catch up. On that, hopefully uh, this week and next week, uh, and uh, and of course uh, the crisis on uh, the dark crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, we'll be catching up on that as well. Which they're a lot slower with their pacing, so we're not really behind on that one, <laughs> you know. But Judgment Day <laughs> threw everything at you in a month and a half, so you know that's that's how. If it seems like we're favoring Marvel, we're not, uh, guys. Uh, we're we're still big DC guys over here as well. Uh, it's just their their pacing's a little different. Um, so yeah. So anyway, with that, uh, with that out of of the way, um, we're gonna discuss your next. We're gonna get into horror fest here and discuss your next, directed by Adam Wingard. Who? Hey, Al, what else is Adam Wingard directed? Do you know this? Are you aware of what else he's directed? Um, not really. No, it's I a was huge um, movie he's directed, like a huge, like massive movie. Um, I know him. <laughs> Um, it's kind of hilarious because I don't think this is the movie you're referring to. Um, I know him as the director from EHS from 2012, right. which is which is a really good horror anthology. But <laughs> yeah, he was apparently uh, so. Yeah, he was really young. Uh, of course, all the, the the VHS anthology, if you're not familiar with, which would be excuse me, would be probably a, not a bad idea for us to look at in a future installment. Uh, for no other reason than just to be like to have an anthology series like that that we can look at. Um, but if you're not familiar, it was they were basically trying to get, well, for at least the first one, they were trying to get young, up and coming directors to do horror films. Um, and so, like that, you know, he's, he's, yeah, you're right. He did do that, but that's not what I'm referring to. Adam Wingard directed Godzilla versus Kong. That's excellent. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, in, in a 10 year span, because your next comes out in 2011, which, I think it's a massively shot movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's also a very small movie. Um, you know, there's no, <laughs> you know, 
I mean, Godzilla versus Kong, they go to the center of the world and find another world. So, like, I mean, you're you're looking at <laughs> this is this is way off the beaten path from you know guys with crossbows, uh, you know, shooting at people in a in a in a mansion. You know, like there's they've uh, they he he's he's definitely he's definitely scaled himself upward. Uh, but he also did the uh, the Death Note uh, Netflix show. Uh, I, we're just Oh, we're gonna leave that where it's at he yeah. also it's weird because like i love your next and then like everything else and i liked godzilla versus kong um but then like he does um he does blair the 2016 blair witch which i never saw but i did not hear good things about yeah um then he did death note which i turned off halfway through um <laughs> so like i get i mean and then he gets godzilla versus kong i you know hollywood man it's 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 crazy out there, guys. It's it's weird, you know. Follow your dreams because you know you can just, I guess, fell upwards in, in some in some instances. Um, so you know, but I, you know, regardless of his his past, fan, this is a, in my opinion, this is a fantastic movie. Um, Al, this is going to be a this probably is going to be a weird thing for me to say. This is probably you know in the twenty first century, probably one of my 10 favorite horror movies, if not one of my five favorite horror movies. Do you think that's a weird statement for me to make, or, you know, what, what do you think of it? Um, no, I don't think that's that weird at all. Um, I told you just before we started um, recording that um, I'm really glad you brought up this one for this year, because I had watched this, like, the year it came out, and then I hadn't seen it again since. Um, and so, revisiting it, um, was really fun because like I had like I had like a recollection of what happens in it um but like I didn't recall exactly like exactly how it happens I couldn't recall like the exact sequence of events and um I couldn't recall like um exactly every um single twist and turn that happened um so like it was really fun to go back and revisit um yeah I mean last year i think it was we talked about this um we talked about the idea that like slasher films um and horror are like um there is some contention in the (laughs) in the industry that um slashers are kind of the thing of the past um as far as horror films go um and when we were talking about that idea um uh um, this one was one uh, that you brought up as an example of a really good modern Asher flick. Um, um, and I agree because you can tell you can tell that this film was written and made by people who understood the history of what slashers are. They understood like um, um, the tropes involved with them, they understood the general themes, they understood, you know, kind of the expected um, story and pacing beats. And uh, because they understood um, the subgenre so well, they were able to do a lot of really cool, interesting, um, and surprising things with the story um, and kind of turn um, a lot of those tropes kind of unexpectedly on, on the audience. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think that's a very reasonable opinion to have. Um, I mean, it's up there um, for me, honestly. Again, I'm glad you 
uh, suggested this one because it gave me a reason to rewatch it. And after rewatching it, I mean, it's it's pretty hard to deny how innovative of um, a story it is um, for horror film, which as much as I love the horror genre, uh, there are plenty of offerings and examples there of films that just kind of like fall into kind of the um, very trope-filled kind of storytelling ruts um, that have happened kind of time and time again. So like anytime um, a horror film is able to successfully kind of take a fresh spin on something that's um, so well established and so well kind of expected um, and read, then um, then that's always impressive. Yeah, you, you know, of course, and the funny thing about this, Hal, um, is, is this movie gets to the core of one of my complaints about a lot of um, slasher movies, okay? And it's one I've, I've, I think I mentioned during the, when we did Scream last year. Slasher movies don't scare me, typically, because I feel like, you know, particularly in the Scream movies, that if that guy's coming at me with a knife, I can pick up a chair and do something to defend myself. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about this movie is the innovation that you talk about is somebody sat down and said, slasher film, but what if one of the people in the film is competent? <laughs> and that is where the movie goes. Because, and he, what's, what's great is um, it takes a while for you to get to that point. You have no concept going in this movie that that is what this movie is going to be. Um, you know, it, it's very much early on, particularly when the killings start. Um, Aaron, who is our, who is our final girl here. Um, Aaron is kind of passive. She's, she's, she's part of the crowd really, you know, she's, she's clearly our main character, but you know, you've got those, uh, and we'll get to some of these moments later, but you have these moments where like, you know, one of them, one of them gets hit with the crossbow and they all just kind of start like moving together. And like, you know, Aaron is, you know, uh, you know, seems to be somewhat smart. She picks up a chair, um, to uh, protect herself, things like that. But like, she is very much part of the group, you know, and you're just like, okay, well, this group's going to get picked off one by one. That could definitely happen to Aaron. And then there's like just a, a flip, like a switch of flips. And all of a sudden Aaron is just, yeah, I, I mean, you know, Rambo, you know, <laughs> just really, um, you know, and, and so we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about her in a second, but I do want to, you know, you brought up you have your history of this movie. When this movie came out, you know, I, I was, uh, uh, me and a couple of friends of mine, we we were going to base, we were basically going to see every horror movie that hit theaters, and I remember seeing the trailer for this movie out. And the trailer, the smart thing about the trailer is the trailer portrays it as literally just a simple family mm-hmm. get together, and all of a sudden somebody starts shooting uh, in creepy masks, someone starts shooting crossbow arrows at them or bolts, excuse me, uh, crossbow bolts. Don't want to offend all the crossbow fans out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, crossbow bolts at them, and then you know, and then your next splashes, and you're like, oh. Cool, another slasher film that we can go see. You know, another nice, you know, turn off your brain slasher film. Uh, that's how they promoted it. And I remember, you know, like all the reviews were basically like, "We're not going to tell you anything about this movie because it would ruin it uh, if you if you knew anything about it." You know, and so like you're expecting like some kind of twist or whatever. And to your point, the the twist, the innovation 
But once again, is that, you know, what if these slashers bit off more than they could chew, you know, and had no clue that the person that they were, uh, they were going to try and kill, one of the people they were going to try and kill, you know, was just as, uh, was way more competent uh, at killing people than they could ever be. <laughs> um, that is an interesting story and one that I can't, you tell me, Al, has that ever been told before? Um, it's, I mean, I'm not going to just come right out and say no, because obviously I haven't watched everything that's out there, but, um, it's, it still feels in, in, um, in the year of our Lord, 2022, it still feels pretty unique. I mean, um, it really does. I know there was, I can't think of the name of it but um a couple years back there was a trailer i saw for a horror film um it was not advertised the same way that this one was um but um um its basic premise was um this guy kidnaps um a young woman and takes her to um his his house or whatever his and all that and like the implication throughout the trailer is that oh wait this person that he's kidnapped is like actually like unhinged and like he's <laughs> he, he's kind of grabbed like the worst possible person that you, you can ever kidnap and like it seemed like that was kind of the story that was uh, i'm gonna play out i never watched that i can't think of the name of that film but I do recall watching the trailer for it, though, because when I watched the trailer, it did kind of remind me of your next um, in that way. Um, but um, no, no, I mean, again, it's it's over a decade old now, which, oh, boy, that feels weird. Um, yeah. Even to, <laughs> to a horror film from 2011 to force you to i to grips with your own mortality, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, it still, it still feels really like fresh. It feels like something that even having watched it when it came out upon rewatching it, I still felt very impressed and very like, Oh, wow. That was great. Like, um, at like a lot of those scenes. So, so, I mean, if it has been done before, I can't really think of a lot of examples of it having been done. Right. It, it just it just seems like, you know, we just watched Halloween, uh, which has some of the, you know, other than uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, uh, has some of the dumber, um, you know, eh, victims, <laughs> you know, that you can see yeah. in, a, in a movie. Um, you know, and I think of like, you know, in Scream, you know, like with Rose McGowan being like, oh, Mr. Ghostface, don't kill me. You know, like that kind of, like, you just don't have that here. You just don't. I mean, it's from, from the beginning. Um, there's a consistent threat, and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got, you know, Aaron who who is just, I mean, just just awesome in this movie. Like I just, I was, I was so. There's parts of this movie that I still just kind of like got got excited for. You know, I mean, just the, you know, because like, because because really, a lot of the what's interesting that they do, um, you know, we'll talk because I think this this movie does have uh, some very uh very interesting kill scenes uh in it but like what's what's interesting is a lot of the jump like kills or so i mean for lack of a better term like the kills that catch you off guard 
Aaron's the one that pulls them off, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. But um, one of the things I do like about this movie, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll, the plot, uh, the plot is basically um, that you have these, these two parents, uh, parents of the Davison family, and uh, they are getting together at this uh, family estate, and they're bringing all their kids together, uh, even though all their kids basically hate each other. Um, I mean, the, well, we don't. It, it's a it's heavily implied. Okay, Amy seems Amy, really nice. <laughs> yes, Amy seems really nice. Amy seems uh, really sweet. Yeah, I feel you know. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, and she has uh, well, a, and she has a blossoming young romance with Tom. <clears throat> so I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but like we, we do have like these, you know, like basically you have all these, these, you have these three brothers and this one sister, um, all three of the brothers pretty early on, uh, you find out are just like the worst human beings. I mean, just bad at like, just like, just really jerks for no reason to each other. Mm. Um, uh, which is one of the things I do, you know, like we'll get into favorite lines and stuff later on. But like when, when the twist, when one of the twists comes, uh, you know, the, just the, the, the banality of how they're doing this, you know, uh, you know, just, just, you know, you got Crispin calling up and being like, I'm sorry, I'm not there. You know, you know, I'm a pacifist. And just like, <laughs> I just, you know, just like some of these lines are just hilarious in, in the context of this movie uh, of how like horrible and like, just, banal and it's evil they are you know um but but they get all these they, they get this family together sit down uh you know they they're sitting down uh to have dinner uh and then out of nowhere uh the uh what the the sister's uh <laughs> boyfriend uh who we find out is a is a movie maker uh so there's some so there's some meta stuff going on there mm -hmm. uh looks out the window and gets shot with a uh, with a crossbow bolt. Um, that rip moment. Say what? <laughs> I said rip to Ty West. Yeah, that is Ty West exactly. Who is a he uh, actual director? Uh, yeah, so it's a horror director. Yeah, it's a horror director. Yeah, uh, mumblecore horror, which I didn't look up what that actually is, but apparently that's what uh, it. Uh, uh, You're next, and it follows, and some of these movies are. Um, I don't know what. I know what mumblecore is as a I don't know music genre. I don't know what <laughs> is horror genre, but I didn't want to get into that too much. Uh, we can that, that's a rabbit hole. I did not want to go down. Uh, it's, uh, like a, yeah, I, uh, it's like a Gen Z term. It's really interesting. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ty, Ty West goes down. But I did want to talk about so like that that moment, Al. Okay, so like a lot of times the the first kill like happens it's a real quick thing and then like there's reactions to it you know and then we move on the way that kill is framed and the way they reveal it um is i think one of the more uh like one of the things that makes this almost a new classic to me um because like you have this like because they're all arguing they're all fighting okay um because once again they're all horrible people and Aaron notices glass on the ground, okay? And, like, you see, like, you see him kind of, like, standing, just kind of, like, standing, but, like, kind of moving in an awkward way. 
And like they let that they let that hang for what seems like, you know, 10 minutes, although it's probably like 30 seconds, but they just let it hang for so long uh, until that final until that reveal of like, you know, he's got the bolt in his head, you know. Um, what, I mean, what did you, you know, the, a lot of the, a, a lot of the scenes have this kind of like slow pace build up to this, you know, really, um, you know, really big, uh, climax to it. Um, how do you think, what do you think of how this film was shot? Because it, it's shot in a way, uh, I, I did find out they shot most of this movie on hand, on handheld cameras, um, uh, which gives it kind of a different, uh, uh, not only a different ratio, um, but also a, a different kind of look as to how, like, it, it almost looks more panicky, so to speak, was what the, yeah. what they said they were going for. Um, how do you how do you like this film? How it was shot? Yeah, that is interesting. I, I didn't know about that, um, but um, yeah, it, it's shot great. It's shot like it's one of those films where like it feels like it feels like every scene is kind of framed a like very specific and intentional way right um like you say about like the reveal of the first kill you know it feels like it's shot and it's delivered in such a way um to intentionally kind of build up the on the tension around that scene um because that's kind of something else about like how this movie is able to kind of take your expectations about what happens in a slasher film um, and kind of subvert them um, in some ways. Because, you know, uh, we just covered Halloween. And like in Halloween, you know, um, the, the killings that happen in Halloween are kind of kept under wraps for, like, a majority of the film. Like, nobody is really aware that they're happening until, like, they're... They are the ones who get ganked. And, um... And so... It's even interesting in the decision to have the first kill be happening with the way it's shot to build up the tension, to build up kind of the, like, uneasiness and discomfort of it and then to have the big reveal and for the big reveal to be just like in the center of everything and just like having it lead to like all this absolute chaos that um ensues from um from poor i west heading domed by <laughs> across the world <laughs> but um but like um and so and there's like a lot of scenes like that as well, you know. There's a lot of scenes where like um, the the action of the scene, if you will. There's a scene where like um, two of the brothers are are in the basement, and like again, we're going uh, completely into spoilers here on this film as a heads up. But um, where two of the brothers are in the basement, um, and and like. Uh, he stabs him, and like um, the actual view of the stabbing happening, like you can tell the action that's happening, but you don't really see it until mm -hmm. like it's done. And that again is um, another scene that it's your example of it being like 
it feels very drawn out. It feels very like uncomfortable in a lot of ways with how long that kill takes to happen. Um, and then gradually as the, as the camera eventually actually pulls out and shows that this guy was stabbed like 18 times with various tools and screwdrivers. Yeah. Um, and like, um, it definitely feels a lot more jarring that way to like have that kind of drawn out kind of uneasiness and discomfort um, to build up to. Um, and then it's kind of revealed and hits you a lot harder that way. You're just like, ah, oh my gosh. Like <laughs> I never thought it would end like, and now it has, and it's ugh, gross, but, <laughs> but um, no, no, it's done really well. It's what I said originally when, Oh, we were talking about it where like it shows that the people who made the film understood um not just the expectations of the story of a slasher film but also like expectations for like how the kills happen and how the story is based because like they kind of play around with that and kind of play around with the idea that like okay the first like two or three kills are going to happen and, like, those people are going to be, like, separated away from the group and, like, it'll be, like, this whole thing that eventually the other survivors find and stuff. And instead, it's just like, oh, no, these scenes are going to be, like, they aren't going to be quick. They aren't going to be out of the way. They're going to be right here. Other people are going to see it, and it's going to take way longer than you expect it to. And it's going to cause a lot more discomfort that way. So it's a really right. a smart way to go about that. The uh, the scene you're talking about there with the brother, um, <laughs> that the line he says there when he's like, "Well, you just died." Do you understand how hard this is for me? <laughs> probably, probably the line of the movie. I mean, to be quite frank, uh, you know, it's um, because you know if, if we're so like, yeah, we're, we're in full spoiler territory here. Um, at this point, uh, you know, when the movie starts out, you're like, "Why is this happening?" Okay, and then you find out that. One of the brothers, uh, what you think is just one of the brothers, um, has hired uh, these military guys, ex-military uh, guys, to kill everyone in the in the house, um, so that he can have the inheritance early or what you know. Um, just a really, you know, really like not a there's there's no. This is not a scream like reveal of like, you know, like years ago, you know, like you, you know, you tripped my mother and like, so now I'm going to kill you now. No, like there's, there's nothing really like interesting to this. It's very much a, we're trying to get the money uh, Mm -hmm. and this is how we're going to do it, go about doing it. Um, Which once again, adds to here's, you tell me if you think I'm wrong and we're we're just going to jump right into this and then we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the kills and stuff like that. Um, as as we get to them, but when I was watching this the second time, because you the theme of this movie seems to be don't get involved with a rich family in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Because Aaron Aaron is very much not okay. Aaron, so like the 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 early like uh, the the you know one of the early tensions of this movie. With all these other people are rich or have grown up rich, um, and Aaron is very much not okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a bartender. She's working her way through college by bartending. 
um, which, you know, is is so cliche and horrible uh, in the early in, in the mid 2000s. Uh, just, you know, just I mean, that's that that that's how things were. I, I remember watching this being like, yep, we're late. You know, I worked at Little Cedars to work through college. So, you know, felt, you know, I know, Al, you similar thing, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a very relatable thing. But that separates her from the rest of the family. So, like, do you, you know, we, we talk a lot about the uh, dynamics of this movie. And, and at, at first glance, it doesn't seem like this movie has really any, um, really any type of social concept. But I do think there is something there to the fact of, like, just how nonchalant, you know, the two brothers are about killing their entire family. You know what I mean? Like, just, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's horrific, you know, just in how, how calm they are about it, you know? And like, uh, you know, I just, you know, and I, I, what, what do you think? Am, am I way off base? Or am I seeing too much there? Or what, what do you think? Um, I do think there's something there to think about for sure. Um, you know, it's like, I mean, man, they're a horrible family. Like yeah. just, just like everybody, everybody in that family is just awful. And um, um, with like the exception of like their mom, I don't think we've seen like their mom actually like do anything bad in that film. But um, that's like the exception though, um, because like they're all just like horrible to each other. And they're like, I mean, they aren't like directly horrible to Aaron or to um or to Ty West character. I'm just gonna call him Ty West. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what his name was, but it was something weird. It was like Vizzy or something like that. So, yeah. um, and like they aren't like directly horrible to them, but like they do have like um on their comments and like their passive aggressiveness uh um, they just like reek of just like arrogance and like you know i'm so much better than you that it almost takes the idea um it's an idea we've talked about before of like at some point the victims of a horror film have to be like at least somewhat is tasteful because if they aren't then it's really hard to enjoy the movie yeah, <laughs> because then it's just a bunch of like really cool people who are getting slaughtered. So at some point, like the victims like have to be kind of annoying. Um, and like it kind of ramps that up um, entirely because like you think about the time that this came out. I remember it was around that time of like 2010 to 2012, you know, um, couple years after the housing crisis um a couple of years into like on the tail end of the recession where i recall being a young man at the time um that era that time span was kind of the first time i really like started to think about the rich in an overtly negative way Right. Uh, <laughs> like it was around that time because it was around that time I was old enough to really realize like the d- differences uh, between classes that were really on display. Um, and so 
And so, like, I have to think that, like, there is some kind of intention behind that um, from, like, the time the film came out to, you know, the... Um, just the depiction of this idea that, like, hey, you know, you don't even, like, have to eat the rich because, like, they are going to, like, tear themselves apart if, like, it means that they can, like, have even more wealth and things like that. Like, um, Right. And so, like, you get this this idea that, like, you know... um, that there's almost this idea with Aaron's character that she's kind of like a like a lower class savior within the context of the film, <laughs> like um, obviously like not using that term in a in a derogatory way at all because yeah. you said that both of us have been on that end of the um, equation. Um, a lot in our lives so like we understand but like this idea that like oh you know it's this person who like as you find out throughout the film you know um it's this person who has had um a rough life had kind of like a rough very unconventional um childhood that these super rich kind of trust fund kids don't have any conception of um and and, like, it's her that, like, has to, like, intervene and save the lives of these, like, very rich, privileged people who haven't ever even had to think about, like, oh, what do I have to do to survive? Because they've never had survival needs anywhere on their mind. Um, yeah. And so that, for sure, is being played with as well. I also think... Something that struck out to me, right, is that, like, is that there's a point where there's a couple points where this is emphasized in the film, where um, just after all of the attacks start, Crispin says to Aaron that he's never seen her act like this before. And then later on in the film, Aaron is talking to Z. And she tells her that, like, yeah, like, I grew up with my dad on, like, this survivalist uh, kind of compound. I learned how to do a bunch of this stuff. Um, I don't think I've even told it's been about any of that yet. Mm, right. And I think upon, and again, I have, like, uh, the opportunity to have seen this on the rewatch. But I think that that fact that detail there is kind of meant to kind of take a stab at Chris, um, at Crispin as well and kind of like set him up a bit to maybe not be like as as blameless in all this as we might first assume um, because like Josh I don't know about you for me the act of taking a significant other of mine to a family function specifically one where like they're going to be staying with that family for like a few days like to me that would be a very significant stage of development of the relationship 
right? Yes. Um, I would, I would that's like it. a big deal <laughs> to, yeah. to, to bring like... Particularly this family. Um, yeah, especially for this family. The fact that like, I feel like if I were to bring a significant other to my family to introduce them, to stay with them over the course of several days, things like that, I feel like the significant event of them growing up on a survivalist compound with their father until being taken away from him by their mom would have come up at some point in their relationship. <laughs> right. Well, cause, cause she says she was 15. So like she's in college. So at the most, what is she 25? Probably. I mean, like, so like that, I mean, it's well, still a relatively new thing. Her, yeah. She's getting her graduate degree. Yeah. So like, and like probably like her, in the late twenties, I would assume. Yeah, so I mean, like, so a significant portion of her life was spent in the Australian backwoods, learning <laughs> to be a survivalist, and you know, I mean, because I mean, a very simple question, you know, like just a simple like, you know, what what was your childhood like, or something like that, that yeah. apparently just never comes up, <laughs> you know. Um, so, you know, I, I, mean, I, I think that's a big stab at Crispin. Um, but of course I mean, she like, <laughs> she like has an Australian accent. And if I were dating someone with an Australian accent, probably one of the first questions I would probably ask would be something like, Hey, what's it like to grow up in Australia? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and, and, and it, yeah, I mean, but you're, you're right. But I mean that, I think, you, I think that is. This is a this is a smartly written movie in a lot of ways um, on on how they on how they point things out, um, you know. Um, there's someone here has definitely uh, one of the things I, I like about this movie. Someone here has definitely read Agatha Christie, and and has absorbed that because in a lot of ways it's a it's a locked door mystery, right? Um, because one of the things that you should be asking yourself pretty early on in the movie, um, particularly with Sarah's death is how <laughs> you know like how do they how, how do they know all this stuff going on and of course when when it's revealed that crispin is in on it then there's a very clear you know like uh and well not in crispin but off you know and and you know obviously felix as well but like when it's revealed crispin's in on it um it's it's obvious that there's you know moving parts of this that there's communication going on between uh, the military and uh, the military guys and, and the two brothers inside. So that, that's how it's revealed. Um, but like you, you very early on, you almost have to wonder, you know, like, okay, someone is, someone else has to be in on this because they're, you know, almost omnipotent, you know, like, cause like when, when Sarah, so by the way, Sarah's death is one of the, although it's, I mean, it's horrifying but it might be one of the best horror movie deaths I've ever seen because of just the, like, you know, I mean, you, you, you talk, you, you talk about, you know, letting, you know, like letting something breathe and dragging it out. You know, you have that moment where like, he's like, we're going to open the door, you know, right at the last moment. So she'll have a good run at it. They won't get, be able to get a beat on her, you know, because, you know, she'll be able to run out that door you know, and like you have like this moment between the the father, you know, and the daughter where they're just staring at each other, you know, and they're like, we believe in you. You can do this, you know, and like it, it's just like this like perfect setup, you know, where the last thing you would expect would be would be piano wire right there. That's the last <laughs> thing you would expect. 
Um, you know, and like it just, it just, it, it just builds up perfectly and then just drops you so quickly. Uh, the mood changes so quickly uh, to once again back to chaos and horror and just everything. Um, you know, and like, and then once, I mean, once again, you know, to your point out, like they don't, that's a long scene. I mean, that scene is like, I mean, it's probably, you know, close to eight minutes long. I mean, I mean, seriously, like it's a, it's a long scene because it takes a while for it to bleed out and stuff like that. And like, you know, they're, you know, it's just, it's horrific, you know, like and the entire time you do have Aaron in the corner going, no, we don't need to go outside, guys. Bad idea. You know, don't go outside. You know, don't open the door. Don't go outside. Um, you know, and and so you know, just the way that that kill is set up, I thought. I remember when I was watching it last night and just thinking about it again. I was like, man, that really. I mean, they. You know, that really was a a solid, uh, a solid scene here because it just it just changes the entire tone of the movie. It goes. You know, I mean, like. You know, you, you've already had Ty West, poor Ty West, uh, you know, who apparently should just be called Ty West in this movie, apparently. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you had, you had Ty West, you know, die. Um, but like when that one happened, when that when that part happens right there, it really does become like, man, how is anybody going to get out of this thing? You know, uh, it makes it a lot more real for the characters as well, because, you know, um, I enjoy Ty West, but you know, <laughs> they didn't care for the con- <laughs> for the context of the event that they were having, you know, um, I was like a stranger, and like obviously, yeah. you know, it's horrifying to watch like a stranger die, but like, um, you know, this was like their daughter. This was this was like a member of the family. So like one of the more horrifying aspects of the scene is having to see her parents react to it for so long right like that just adds on like a whole other layer of just like i'm again that's like a discomfort and the uneasiness of that scene in both like a physical um grotesque way but also just like in the grotesquity of of just having to watch these parents watch their child die just like right. adds a whole other whole other layer onto it. And to your point, she was the only one that seemed halfway decent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, yeah, very, she, she was so excited to see everybody. Like exactly. she was great. <laughs> yeah. Um I want to, you know, uh, I I wanted to ask, so like, you know, that we, we talked about that kill. Um the, the kills on this are very, very drawn out. Um, you know, and what, was there anything that stood out, uh, any other, any other particular kills that stood out to you? Um, I think one of just the scenes in general that like really kind of like, um, stand out as a highlight of the film is, um, the first time that Aaron, um, kills one of the intruders because like, it, it 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 might be one of my five favorite scenes in the history of movies. There's so there's so much to that scene because like you get like um you get the the feel from that scene of just like okay, hold on. Aaron seems to be like the final girl of the film. So like you don't really expect her to die here, but like 
they've already kind of like changed up the formula of slasher films. So like, I guess there is a chance that he could die here. So like, you're kind of waiting for something to happen and waiting for like some kind of um, intervention to happen from one of the other characters. Um, um, And then Aaron just like goes black widow on the guy and just like so efficiently just dispatches him with just like a meat cleaver from the kitchen. Right. Um, and you have that, you have like just how metal that scene is. <laughs> and then um, in the background, you just have Felix and Z just like watching her do it. Right. Who, who at that point, like if there's anybody in the house who are like under suspicion at all, it's probably them at this point. Uh, because of like a couple of their lines that they've said, but like at the, at that point you still like don't know for sure that like they're involved with um, the killers, so you just see them watch on, both like horrified and impressed at um, this like frail Australian girl just like absolutely obliterating this dude with the with the meat tenderizer. It's just it's it's just such a great <laughs> scene all the way around because because to you, and, and, and it's a it's a scene that improves at the end of the movie when you do figure out that Felix and Z are part of it because not only are they they're looking at that now and going we might have a wrench in the plan here um, because like you, you, you can tell like Felix is just like, because like there's a part where, you know, she, she, she kills the guy, pulls the mask off, pulls his head up. Like it's nothing and goes, anybody know this guy? And they're like, no. And then she just drops him. And then he stands up. She goes, thanks by the way. And he's like, well, you have it. And then, and then, then he goes, he says, they don't worry. Crispin's tough, you know, because at that point they've seen that. Is it? I think it's Kelly that has that has died. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Drake's uh, wife, right. I guess. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, she looks over and she, he's like, "Hey, don't worry. Crispin's a tough guy." She just goes, "No, he's not." But thanks for saying that. And it was just like <laughs> such a like cool moment. And you once again, you're not expecting anything like that, you know. Um, and just like the, just, you know, at that point, like that, that is the, that is the point where it turns into a Rambo movie, because at that point you're like, you know, that's when they start building the, the two by fours with the nails in them, you know, uh, mm-hmm. which that's another great scene, you know, cause like <laughs> they build the two by fours and nails in them and, and that, you know, they, they start, you know, like, they're like, we need, everybody needs a weapon, that kind of thing. Like, you know, she's trying to take charge of the situation. Um, you know, and trying to save these people um, because you understand they're eating themselves to your point. But yeah, that scene is just so, so good. But I will say, I will say if if we're going to talk about that one, the other scene that I really like, um, because it's, it's a, it's a scene that both makes sense from Aaron's perspective, but also adds to like a really cool scene to just shoot is when the guy goes into the basement uh, one of the killers goes into the basement and she set up that camera to flash every like five seconds. Yeah. And, you know, it, the reason she's done, of course, is to, you know, throw him off. But it also creates this really interesting shot to where it's staggered how she's killing him. Because, like, every time the only light we're seeing is from that flash. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're just seeing, like, hand go up, 
brick go down, yo, brick go up. Yeah, but you're like singing like staggered. It's a really cool, like, it, it's interesting how that one didn't, I didn't really realize how cool that was the first time I saw it. And then again, seeing it last night, I was like, man, that's a really, that's a really interesting scene. That's, there's some, there's, there was thought that went into this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to me, that, that, that was, that, that was one that, that definitely uh, stood out to me as, as well. Um, right. Yeah. Um, there's a point, <laughs> there's a point in the film where Aaron, um, as you say, like she kind of kicks herself in a Rambo mode and she's going around and like, I um, mean, gathering just things from around the house to use in defense. And like, she grabs like a brick and she grabs like a two by four and she grabs like some string and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so like, I'm watching it and, um, um, this comes into the room. Um, and she just got home and she asks what I'm watching. And I'm just like, well, it kind of feels like I'm watching the last of us. Um, right. Yeah. I'm watching, <laughs> this exactly. Is <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, there's a sense, you know, of course it, it, it looks like for, for a second. And of course, here's the thing, like last of us had come out, you almost have to wonder if there was some, a little bit of, uh, of, of, uh, uh, mimic there because I, i'm watching that and i'm like man she's got to find herself a crafting table pretty soon you know if she's gonna yeah. you know make these shivs and exactly. you know and everything like that uh, of course you know in real life you don't need a crafting table you just need an axe and uh, some string and a and a brick and you can you know create Chekhov's gun that you forget about for 30 <laughs> minutes and then like it shows up at the end which also fantastic how they did that as well um but yeah, you know, there's the there's <laughs> just there's a really like simple one too, where you know, like they're chasing Aaron. You know, at that point, you know, she's hurt herself, she's limping. Uh, you know, and they're chasing her, and she, you know, she goes through the window, and Felix and Z go one way, and the 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 masked killer that has at this point stepped on a nail. And I think is the one that has had the knife go through his hand too. So he's having a pretty bad evening just all the way around. He goes through and he's just standing there and just, you know, stabs him in the eye with that, uh, uh, screwdriver. And it's, it happened so quick. Like once again, it, it reminds, it literally reminds me of the kill in psycho where the, uh, the private detective gets stabbed, you know, we're like, he, just, you know, um, uh, Anthony Perkins just walks out really quick and stabs and runs away, you know, it because it happened so quick, it almost seemed like an, an, an homage. Um, but the difference, of course, is that that's our heroine, <laughs> you know, pulling that off uh, and not the killer. Um, which once again, you know, adds to your your concept. This is really such an interesting, innovative movie because of how it flips the script on so many things. Um, but uh, it, becomes, it becomes a discussion of like. Of like you know who's really like the slasher character. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah it really is um, because I mean she she is more effective than the rest of them. Um, before we uh, before we get to the to the end here, I, I do want to to discuss uh, the um, the <laughs> we, we, we've hit on a little bit, but I, I, I do want to discuss the the brothers here. Okay. Um, so first and foremost, let me ask you this real quick. So we find out Crispin's involved in it. 
where he has that great line, you know, I couldn't be there, you know, I'm a pacifist, which I just, man, I tell you, uh, I just, I just love that line. Uh, that, that is a, that's a great, great line. And you were talking about the, the time this movie came out, that line right there is so indicative of how millennials were viewing, uh, rich people at that point of just like this, like not, you know, just like criminal like white collar criminal but not wanting to get their hands dirty you know but you know just just as evil as anyone else um and so like you know you find you find out he's part of it okay so i want to ask you real quick all right do you think do, do you believe him when he says that he intended to leave aaron as a witness mm. yeah that is a good question that is a good question i almost you know, it's really hard to believe that, both in terms of just, like, you know, there's no real reason to trust anything he says anyway, which is what Aaron comes to the conclusion of, of course. Um, um, because Aaron even says, you know, even if you didn't intend to kill me, like, you still put me in a place where, like, you knew I could, I could die. Um, and I think like really that answers the question right there because like it's hard to argue in Crispin's favor on that point when um when the first like wave of attacks, if you will, um are occurring from outside with crossbows sh- shooting into a house where like it'd be hard to like confirm the ideas of anybody anyway and also like as they're as they're running by the window if you recall um during that scene Aaron is the only one who gets shot at yep as they're running by the window in the first place um so you know it's it's pretty hard to believe that i think it kind of like if that is intended to be taken at face value i th- think it kind of creates an inconsistency there in themes as you said uh, of just some like you know these there's a saying we used to always say when um i worked at the psychiatric hospital um few years back where uh we got a, a lot of people who were uh brought to this psych hospital um uh for various reasons uh, there was a wide spectrum of why you ended up in a place like that. But um, um, a lot of the cases that I encountered uh, due to the unit that I was on uh, was, you know, these people attacked like their family in some way and they were deemed um, um, to be a potential harm to others and themselves. And so they're here until like their stuff gets all figured out. And something we would always say is that um, you may think you have very good rapport with those types of patients. You may think you get along just fine. Um, don't ever think that under the right or wrong circumstances that they can ever attack you because a lot of these guys have attacked their family. So who are you to them? And that was just kind of the saying we use of just like an example of just like, you know, you 
treat them well and don't be afraid to like to try to build rapport with um, the patients but always have that on your mind always kind of be on your guard because we worked in a very dangerous place and i kind of apply that to here right where it's just like sure i guess you could take what he's saying at face value sure um but at the same time it's just kind of like um you know he's arranged this whole night to just obliterate his family so he would do that to them then what reason is there that he wouldn't have done that to her um so you know it's not as if it isn't really as if like (laughs) hot to like give any points to drake or anything because drake's i'm a detestable dude in this film but like kind of along the lines of, of what drake was saying is that's kind of like well i mean you you were having sex with your ta like you aren't like the most ethical guy crispin like <laughs> in the first place so yeah fair you know. fair well the yeah i mean the, the easy answer though here like i mean you, yeah you went you went pretty deep with it and that's i think you're correct and everything you've said um but like I said, it's the third time I've watched this movie, and this is the first time I thought. I just wanted to be like Aaron. If he truly believed that, he just would have taken you with with him yeah. when he left. Absolutely. Like, there's literally no reason not. Like, like if 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 she's supposed to be the witness, okay. Well, when Crispin leaves, she's seen two people killed at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no reason. There's no reason not to just because like she even says I'll go with you. Chris's like, no, I'll do this alone. There's no reason for <laughs> her not to go if she's supposed to be the witness. She's already witnessed murder. She can attest to that. When when they cut when they show up and everyone's murdered, she can be like, Yep, that's exactly what was happening. You know? So like I don't there's there's really no reason not to not not to take her with her with you unless you're just gonna kill them all, you know. Um, so no, I don't, I don't buy it at all, you know? Uh, and obviously Aaron doesn't buy it either. Um, obviously (laughs) the, the movie's ending. Okay. Um, movie ends with, with, uh, well, I get real quick, uh, really, really quick. Um, Felix dying by blender. Um, I, I, I don't, I, we're running out of time, but I don't want to, just gloss over that. <laughs> uh, that was one of the one of the better better kills I've seen, um, and and it's even better when you know Felix, you know, because Kirsten's like, "Where's Felix?" And <laughs> she's just like, "I killed him with a blender to the head," you know, just like just so you know. At that point, she's just so done with everything. Um, so you know, I, I killed him with a blender to the head, just like you know. Just letting Crispin know, like, you know, I've, I've, I've been through it tonight, you know, <laughs> like I've, I've been through it, but yeah, that was just that scene right there uh, in a two on one situation. Uh, I guess there's two things to take from this one. Felix is useless, uh, but also, you know, just Aaron, just in a two on one situation, just manhandles both of them. Um, Aaron and uh, Felix and Z. Um I, I, I do want to, you know, just have one final discussion here on on this on this movie. Um, 
you know, we, we're talk, we've we've discussed the state of slasher films. Uh, you know, we've discussed, uh, you know, uh, the ethics of slasher films, too. Um, we've discussed Final Girls and things like this. Um, when I was watching this movie uh, this time, I, I thought of the, the Halloween remake and how, you know, they really made uh, Jamie Lee Curtis into into more of a... I, how do I want to put this? Like, act, active character you know like i mean like she's 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 more aggressive we'll definitely say that uh she's as much an aggressor as as well maybe not as much as michael myers is but like but but like at this point he's not someone that's hiding um he isn't on the victim anymore right exactly uh, yeah so you know we've we've kind of seen the the with with other slashers, um, you know, like and and you know maybe these movies we'll do later on. Uh, obviously, Sidney Prescott is a character that has definitely grown from, you know, like she's like she's she's your typical final girl in the first one. Uh, she grows into like someone who's almost like this <laughs> this motherly figure. Two other final girls by Scream Five, which is which I think is a fantastic evolution of that character, by the way. Oh, yeah. um, so moving forward, moving forward with slasher films, one of the things that slasher films I think almost have to do um, is I don't think slasher films can exist, or 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 at least they've set for themselves a ceiling um, if their characters uh, are just the type of characters who are just you know going to you know. Uh, run into closets and wait to be killed. Okay, um, so do you think? I mean, do, do you think moving forward, you know, our slasher films going to move into a place where we see more of active, uh, of active heroines or, or heroes too, uh, in in the situation of just like they see a situation happen, they know a killer's coming for them. Uh, and they decide to take action as opposed to uh, just, you know, running and hiding. You know, do, do you think you'll, we'll see more movies like that? Because I really, I really think that's a place where, particularly with Scream 5 and with the, the first of the Halloween, the new Halloween trilogy, it seems like though, both those movies were moving in that, in that uh, direction. What do you think? I mean, yeah, man. I think it's already happened. I mean, I think that's, I think... Even right now, that's kind of where the slasher genre is. I mean, you see that, um, as you said, in Halloween, we see that in Scream. Uh, we see that happen um, in, in other um, new, in my opinion, very innovative um, slasher film and Happy Death Day. Um, we right. see that happen. Uh, we saw it happen with the remake of Black Christmas. Um I mean, I think that already is like where um, where the slasher genre has gone, um, and I think it's I think overall it is an improvement um, just due to the fact that one it was it was a genre of horror that was kind of in need of something new. Um, you know, I have a huge love, huge soft spot for the slasher films of the 80s and 90s as much as almost anybody does. But, um, 
but it's one of those where like you know at some point there has to be some innovation at some point there has to be something fresh and new in order to both keep audiences um, entertained who have already been watching these but also to hook even more people in um I'm the type who thinks, you know, um, even though, like, the issues I have with films like The Conjuring or something like that, um, even though I have issues with them, I still think that they were some of the best things to happen to the horror industry in general because it brought a lot of people in who weren't already in in the first place. And anything that can kind of do that effectively, I think, is a good step forward for the genre. And I think we're already seeing that with slasher films. Um, um, and the examples we've talked about already. Um, um, I mean, that even happens in X. Um, I don't know if you've had the chance to watch that yet. I have not. Again, we see that um, come up again. And, like, you even go back to some of the films that even um, occur uh, before um, you're next. Uh, you go to films like um, the Hit on Your Grave films and, and the Wrong Turn films and these really um, a lot more schlocky kind of slasher films, but ones that still um, promote the idea that the final girl is more than just a victim who eventually survives. Um, uh, they can be a victim who kind of takes their fate into their own hands um, and and really struggles against the antagonist of the film. Um, I, mean, I think that's great because um, as much as I love horror and as much as I love the history um, of horror films, um, it is a genre that hasn't always been kind to, to its depiction of in the and I think with this movement within the slasher genre to kind of empower the um, survivor girl stereotype and give them even more agency over their own survival, um, I think that's great. And I think it makes a lot of these films a lot more audience-friendly to women and to minorities who before then might not have been as interested in it um, just because they had not been treated or depicted very well in them um, right. over time. So I think that is kind of where we're at with slasher films. And again, I think it's a good thing. I think anything that takes the genre forward, anything that innovates and anything that brings in even more people, um, I think all of those are good things. Um, I will say, in a few years, it'll be kind of interesting to see if the pendulum starts to swing the other way and what that would look like. But um, as of right now, you know, I'm all for strong final girls. I think that's one reason why Jamie Lee Curtis is so um, um, is so huge and so beloved in the industry because um, she put up a fight um, at the end of Halloween. So I, th yeah. I think the potential has always been there. And I think in recent years, we've really kind of already seen that shift kind of um, take place. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think you're correct. And I, I, as far as the pendulum swinging, I, I don't know. I think it's going to stay there for a bit. You know, it, we're we're at a point where I, I think there was a very visceral backlash, uh, at least from the mainstream, against a lot of where the I don't like the term, but the quote unquote torture porn stuff was, where you're just seeing people just get maimed over and over and over again. Um, and I mean, I think the, the, <laughs> the reaction to the latest Saw film, I think is, is, is a, is a testament to that, which was basically like, we've moved beyond this, you know, like we, we, we had seven of these, we don't need to do any more of them, you know? And, and so I, I do, I do see a, a situation where, you know, these movies, they, the, the characters in them now almost, have to be at least the main character almost has to be more than just a stock static character um because i mean at this point we've had cabin in the woods make fun of that right so like you know like we we, we've already looked behind the veil uh at that and uh and so i i am i'm intrigued to see where uh if if some of these if, if some of these movies uh uh take that and innovate with it uh and and move it into a situation where you know, movies are, or slasher movies, you know, are more than just seeing people, you know, get killed. If, if, if we are going to try and have some actual, uh, dialogue with it, or actually have some, like some storyline, uh, with this, uh, beyond what we're used to. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, there's, there's, you, you, you mentioned a good one. I think happy death day is hilarious. I think, uh, the babysitter did some interesting stuff, uh, both one and two did some interesting stuff with that um and so yeah this it really uh uh it, it, it'll be interesting to see where the genre goes um you know and uh but i, I don't think it's one that'll ever truly uh yeah you could you could say what you will uh it's 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 got legs and it's lasted a long time uh you know where and all all, all across the board you know, where you have stuff that's more art house like X or, you know, we've got a Chucky series that's getting ready to come out soon as well, which, you know, not to denigrate Chucky, but I, I wouldn't call it art house. So, you know, there is <laughs> there is a there, there is a wide range there. Um, but uh, final thing I'll ask, uh, you're next. Something you'd recommend to people? Oh, entirely. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is actually one. Um, um, I've got a friend I'm in town who um who is very wary of horror films. Uh he kind of scares kind of easily. So um he and his um or he and, and his wife have kind of been um slowly kind of like um exposing him to various horror offerings that haven't been um as as terrifying as others. And I think there's enough in this one where um where the horror isn't as in your face, but like it's still very well done. That um, I think your next is going to be one that like um, I kind of try to sell him on um, the next time we hang out and watch something because I yeah. think it's a good, it's a good. This is going to sound like a very stock response or stock review of something, but um, I mean it's honestly true. It's one of those Thatcher films where like there's enough respect and understanding of the history of slashers for like longtime horror fans to really be into. And there's enough just really 
just really cool shit in it yeah. that like people who aren't usually into horror films would probably at least find like really interesting. So, right. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm down for it. I would. Um, I'd suggest this to almost anybody, um, especially if they're rich, because hey, they need to be living their place a little bit. <laughs> fair, fair point, fair point. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think I think that'll do it for us, Al. Uh, I think we've had a fun. I've had a fun time talking about this. Uh, like I said, if if you want to see this movie, I think it is on Peacock. I believe that's. I think that's where I watched it. Uh, so it you know, is, um, it is on Peacock. I will say, um, um, I've been trying to um invest more in physical media because um just this whole whole streaming of apocalypse thing is just awful and i hate it so um i did go ahead um and splurge on the on the blu-ray of your next and y'all if you're into blu-rays if you're into like some of the more old-fashioned ways of viewing stuff um the blu-ray of your next has a trailer at the very beginning of it because this is back when like um if you watch something at home you still got to watch uh, like trailers and stuff Right. It has a trailer for um, 2012's Texas Chainsaw with Alexandria Daddario in it. And boy, howdy, is that an excellent trailer because that trailer makes what is a pretty awful movie look really promising. <laughs> so, so it's, that's a really well done trailer. I was blown away. I'd actually I forgot to rewatch it because I was just like, this. <laughs> this trailer makes this movie look really good. I'm gonna have to rewatch this one. But, um, I mean, so, any any so tra- I mean, yeah, I mean, trailers can make just about anything look good. Out. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I, I actually, I'd honestly forgotten that movie existed. I seriously had. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, well, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, t- t- 2009 to about 2012. That's when a lot of like on the 70s and 80s. Um, slashers were getting the remake. Um, well, there was a Jessica Bill Texas Chainsaw, right? Uh, well, no, no, not right. I know there is. There's a Jessica Bill yeah. one. When that come yeah, out? Two thousand five or something like that. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah. I, I don't want to actually. I'm uh, for. We might cut that out. I, I don't want. I don't want to go down that road. Let's uh, let's just leave that for this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the 70s. Where let, let's leave it in the 70s where it belonged and maybe bring in Dennis Hopper's uh, weird overacting performance at some point. But that's it. Okay, that's that's where we're at. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, as always, uh, Al, I, I enjoyed this. I always enjoy talking horror movies with you. Uh, we've got another banger coming up next. Uh, we've uh, we've finalized or seemingly have finalized our movies except for our uh our uh, Nathan Memorial. I'm gonna call it the Nathan Memorial. He's not dead, but I'm gonna call it that. Not. Our Nathan Memorial. <laughs> he's not dead at all. But our Nathan Memorial uh, pick, uh, you know, as our as our biggest horror fest fan, uh, he he he's gonna have his pick, uh, which I hope is better than some of his picks have been. Uh, but uh, but we're 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 looking forward to some some bangers guys so you know uh some some interesting stuff for the rest of horror fest definitely stay uh stay on top of things uh keep an eye on the phantom correspondence uh uh podcast page uh wherever you get your podcasts at uh just you know keep keep an eye on that thing because we're putting out content pretty much uh almost constantly at this point um Um, and follow us 
um, on Instagram as well because um, um, our good editor in chief Jacob um, is really good about posting all of the updates um, of streams and podcast episodes on there. So if you want to um, stay updated, that's a good place to follow us. Um, just there you go, and of correspondence on Instagram. There you go. So yeah, uh, definitely, uh, definitely stay in touch. And as always, if you uh, if if there's something you want to uh, want us to talk about or uh, questions you have or whatever. Maybe a movie you want to see us review uh, that we can try and fit into Horror Fest. Uh, we're, we're definitely hoping for more interaction with our listeners, so let us know. And uh, Al, as always, uh, I think uh, I think you'd agree with this. Uh, fandom is for everyone, uh, even if you're Ty West, poor Ty West, uh, you know, who, uh, who, who, who had six lines in this movie. Uh, but, uh, but he made them count. And uh, yeah. Uh, but Phantom is for everyone, uh, uh, wherever you're at in your life, uh, there is a Phantom for you. And uh, we always want to promote that. And with that, uh, we will say good night and uh, hope your spooky season goes well. <laughs>